Next week, we kind of begin to wrap up this whole 21 days of prayer that we've been doing, right? And, um, and yeah, are you, you glad because prayer is over or you're, you're glad because it's been going, it's been going good? Um, I do think, yeah, a lot of us have a lot of questions. Like John was like, like, I don't want this to end. We were talking this week and I'm like, yeah. And, and I know we have these mountaintop experiences. This is something God told us to do. Um, and I mean, I, I could, I could take a whole week and just tell you the stuff that He's convicted me of good and some bad, some things I need to fix. Um, I could, I could um, tell you all the stuff that he's just challenged me with and, and the, gosh, just the excitement I have. And at the same time, the, I have no idea what's going on that I have. Does that make sense? Um, and I'm sure you've experienced the, the same kind of things. Um, but... But I don't want it to end. Like, does that make sense? Like, I, I don't want it to end. We started this, and I, I want to say this. I know a lot of folks are out at spring break or fall break or whatever it is. And so I, I hope everything's recording because I, I think we, we all need to hear these things that God's saying to us, not, not that Doug's saying, but that God's saying. He just keeps impressing upon my heart to remind all of us why we started this 21 days of prayer and fasting and... and um, and I hope that you're involved, like whether you're watching or whether you're here. I mean, and I say that not like a guilt trip or anything else. I'm just telling you, one of the things he really showed me was that I've been missing some, some intimate, some serious alone time with him. And so, like, this has just been so incredible for me. And, and part of me feels like, idiot, like, why did we wait this long? But we follow God where we follow God, and we heard God's call to stop and do this. And perhaps this is a piece of a mountaintop. Maybe it's an additional journey. It's not like we don't pray. The elders' meetings are just like anointed with the Spirit of God. It's everything. But this has been super special. So um, I just want to encourage you. I mean, if you can get here to pray, like you carve it out of your time. It's like 6 a.m., 12 noon, and 6 p.m. And I, I, I'm jealous and frustrated when I haven't been able to get here for a couple of them. Um, it has just been incredible. I know some of you can't get here. You work very far away, this or that. And, but you can still stop. Set that alarm and just set like a half an hour aside. Go hide in a bathroom stall or take your lunch or do whatever you've got to do. Take one of these prayer cards, you know, take, take that with the scriptures and just lean in with the rest of us and pray. And I would say, even if like you don't get the whole church concept, maybe just do it for yourself. But really, at the end of the day, we started this because we have no idea what we're doing. So I just think it's a really good here as we head into the last week where we're going to start talking about asking God to provide. That we just be honest and say we don't know what we're doing. And I, that may sound scary to you. We have a business, but God, I, we know what God, I know how to make disciples. <laughs> and and I, yeah, and I had to teach. And, I, and I'm, a, I'm a decision scientist. You know how to reach uh, kids and adults that are um, differently abled, special needs, right? And, and, and Sylvia, you guys, and the gang downstairs, you guys know so how to love from families and carry the gospel. So we, we, it's not that we don't have a plan. Like our daycare is, somebody actually looked at it to franchise a unit. Like it's that organized, you know? You, you know, and, 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 and we have all this. And we, so it's not like we don't know how to do things, but things have gotten like out of control, right? I, I think 
my heart grieves, and I think your heart does too. And this is not like, don't take this. I don't think we've done anything wrong. I think that God's just brought us into a new season. So, it, you know, the church for a long time, the church overall, for a long time keeps bringing people in, and we have campaigns, and one church grows and another shrinks. But really, if you look at all the data behind it, it's just kind of discouraging because what it is is like 90% of it's just swapping church, like these guys get a new aquarium and everybody goes there. And this, these guys get a really cool band and they all go there. These guys cut it out. And, and, and I, like, it's okay, do whatever we want to do. But the problem is, is that 80% of our community is still lost. They don't know Christ. And it's killing me. And it's been killing me for years. But, but I taught a message in Mexico that I referred to before where they just said to them, like, you know, hello, like, y'all are going to go on this big evangelistic campaign. You better make sure that the boat is like, ready there's not have holes in it, this and that. And God just convicted me because I've been through, I, this place has grown and shrunk and grown and shrunk. I mean, if the only, I don't know if it's of God, but Jesus did that to the church, so maybe we're okay. But, but it's grown and shrunk. And every time that it's shrunk, it's because we put our foot down and said, no, like, we got to pray. We got to go. We got to do it. This is the first time that God has convicted us to get on our face and chase him and ask him for revival in our hearts and everything else where the thing hasn't fallen apart. And I'm just like, that's cool. And the, and the reason for that is discipleship because Harriet, you've been here forever. John, you've been here forever. Like we kept trying to mature ourselves and other people and get them to a place of stability in the Lord. Ephesians 4 says that we should, that he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. I get that right. And, I, and, and, and that he gave those to equip the church, to build the church, to grow the church, to bring it to what? Completeness. And I travel now all the time talking about this discipleship stuff, and, and they'll tell you behind the scenes, you pull the curtain back, everybody knows we're not complete. Listen, we're pretty complete, and you guys are pretty awesome, but not all of the people who are going to hear this from our church or who are here tithe. Not all of the, everybody serves. Some of you are just selfish. Like, it's okay. We all got to grow up, right? And sometimes I'm selfish. We, we, we're headed the right way. We survived COVID. You know why we survived COVID? Not a single ding. Why? Because of discipleship, because the groups were already there, and they were reading God's word, and they didn't need to be here. He has done this marvelous thing, and he drove us, I think, into a cave for, what, about 11 years, working on this, testing it, breaking it, breaking ourselves. But it's like bulletproof. Yeah, now and then people take a year off from making disciples or being in discipleship. But overall, when you just look at it, it just works. And now it's not just working here. It's working all around the world. So the boat is ready. Like, if you send us people, we could actually get them to where we want it to be. Yay! And I think he's bringing us to a new season. He said, my heart... My heart is just breaking for the 80% of the people out there who haven't heard, and, and I don't know how to get to them. Like, I don't know if I'm that guy. Do you go door to door in this environment? I mean, that's creepy. There's only, a, think about the people who go door to door. Like, is that going to work? Is it social media? Do we run a, an ad campaign? Which I, I really want to do just because I want to have fun. I love having fun. Do you like your church? I like having fun. Like up there, three taverns on a bulletin board, three taverns church. 
give the master bartender a shot. <laughs> okay, uh, you, know, you know what I mean? Like, you know, come see what's on tap. I get it. And it's go find regular people and pile them in the church. But, but is that it? Is that, is that what God, how do, we, how do we connect with a world that is not only so divided themselves, but divided from the church? Like everybody's against everybody and everybody's scared to say anything. How do I share the gospel? And, 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 and yeah, your friends are all saved. But how do you get out there and, and connect with that person? There's got to be a way. And part of my heart says, this, this must have been kind of what it was like when Jesus stepped onto the planet. Like everybody's embedded in religion and some people hated it and other people served it. And his message was the same again and again and again, which was what? <laughs> like you need to return to the Lord. John the Baptist, like with John the Baptist eating locusts dressed in fur. Wandering. Now in their culture, that's okay because kind of identified him as a prophet. So at least... People who like prophets might listen. Then he went forth and he said, I'm preparing the way for the Lord. And he baptized people in repentance because the Lord was coming and the God was coming. And it's like, do we need that? I've, I've been praying. You know, we, 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 we really don't know what we're doing, right? So you get this. We don't have to reach the community. Sustainable discipleship is getting 84 new contacts a month. 84 new contacts a month. About 10 of those want to talk and want to figure out how to do this discipleship stuff. I still got a day job. So, so do the rest of the team. Everybody's got day jobs, doctors, right? Everybody's got day jobs. How, how do we do that, God? How do we, it, do we, we don't have the money right now, it, at least he hasn't provided yet, to hire people in, to help. Do we, do if I have to pick, do I teach or do I? Thank God, I'm, we're tra I'm traveling seven times in the next eight weeks. And thank God for Evan, my friends, but they're here and it's convenient. So Evan's just going to fill in and you guys pretty much like Evan, right? Yeah. Everybody's like, yeah, he's awesome. I think he's better than me. I love listening to him. I, he's got to stop doing that disclaimer thing on his stories. Just tell the story. We're good. We know you're lying. Okay, so, right? <laughs> Everybody's stretch. It's a fish story. I have a card up here where one of the things God showed me this week was that I needed to be careful about my fish stories. I get excited when I'm talking about discipleship and stuff. And, and it's not like I stretch things, but, I, but there's just times where I've said things that I'm like, can I document that? You know what I mean? And, and so, but, but thank God for Evan, we don't know how to do this. So let me just give you an example. So this week, every, every, every day of the week, I got up at three in the morning. To work before six for prayer time. No, this is not complaining. So I don't want to miss that six to seven, seven thirty. Jesus is in the house. I don't know where you are, but you should be here. It has been incredible. And as some of the some of the people are like, no, twelves when he's moving. They like to sleep later. I'm good, right? But 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 then so then here and then I go back and I work till twelve. You know, and and then it's like two or three of these video conferences from around the world. And squeezing that in, and then and then it's then it's back home for another three or four hours. And then Amber and I stop like to eat, and then we work. So so it's like three in the morning till nine at night. Right? But I told God, because he told me, God took a Sabbath, so we took a Sabbath yesterday. By the way, we had so much fun. We had the bestest time. We came here for one of the prayer times, we went to the lake. 
we, uh, we, we made hot sauce. It's one of the few things we love cooking. So we did that. And uh, yeah, if you didn't get any, be jealous. Okay. And, um, and, and so we made hot sauce and we hung out and, and she's so pretty and the dogs were so happy. We walked the shores of some lake and it was just awesome. And then the sun went down and my Sabbath was over. So then I worked till one this morning to get these prayer card things that you guys get ready because we just don't have time. I could rat Jamie out, but I'm not going to. But like, you do realize that when you post stuff on my calendar, it tells me when you're posting it. Okay, so, so I know she's working her tails off, right? And Tim, it, we're, it's not a complaint. It's just like, we don't know what we're doing. How do you scale to meet this need? And where do you get the resources? And do you need the resources? Do you charge me? We don't know what we're doing. And they go to the daycare. Sylvia, give me an amen. Like, we get a teacher, we lose a teacher. We get a teacher, we lose a teacher. And it's okay, because we've been through this trial. We want the right teacher, but it's like, and it's okay, because they, y'all got it covered. Kendra is off doing some conference. I don't know what it's about. Probably about puppies or leadership or something. So she's off at a conference, She's been able to leave without Jamie having to step in. That's awesome, right? So, so we're, we know some things to do, but how do we get those next ministry components in? Do we open the next classroom? God has surrounded us with this opportunity, right? Surrounded us with this opportunity, no complaints, but we don't know what we're doing. The longest introduction ever. Oh, well. Listen, here's the point. We felt compelled to do 21 days of prayer for two reasons. We realize we're in over our heads. That's not a bad thing. It just means we're in a new place. We want to reach that community. We're in a new place. We're trying to figure out how to get maybe a little more help. Like, who goes in what spot, right? How do we get the machine running more efficiently here so that we can serve more people? That's like tuning up the engine in the boat. We, we're trying to figure out, God, how could we not answer these calls that are coming in front of the world about discipleship? Like, that would just be selfish and jealous, but how do we, right? Daycare. Should we open that classroom? How do we grow? Like, when do we take it? We just don't know. But the, but the other thing is, is as we be Again, to struggle those questions, we all realized that we felt like we just didn't. We're with him. He's with us. We're not, we're not bolting off on our own. We're listening to him and everything else. But we're just, the elders, the staff, and, and you guys echoed it. We're just missing that at the moments of his presence. This is all lost. This is all lost. We have nothing to sell, nothing to offer if we don't, if, if we're not full of his presence, what am I inviting somebody to? A busy life where you, you're following him and obedient, but you're missing his presence. So we, so we dove into this prayer time to reconnect with our father and to slow down because we've really been chasing all the stuff moving too fast. We just needed to slow down with a commitment to not start anything new for 21 days, just breathe, do what we had to do, what was already in the books. And then to ask God, provide. And if I had, if I had, if I a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars today, I would hire somebody to help. I, I know who I would hire. 
because I can pay them at least for a couple of years. It'd be great. Maybe I need more than that. Or maybe God just needs to start dropping a cow a month. I don't know. From the sky to help with this whole sustainable discipleship. Somebody who, who gets that. Do you get it? And, and it's, you know, we would just hire people. Yeah, I would throw money at people. Ministers, yes, like all day long. But because the work, there's just too much work. Is it sustainable? I don't know. I mean, it is as long as God sustains it. But, but I worry about our people. Like, I don't know if you know, like, even, and not just talking about the staff, people working hard. We did tacos and trivia, right? That was awesome. And then everybody worked for like an hour and a half in the kitchen on a Friday night. They looked like death. I'm like, we need to cater this bad boy. This is not, this is like, hey, come have fun. Now work twice as long as you had fun. And it's okay because we want to be together. But you get it? Just don't know where we're going. So we're trying to seek wisdom on how to speak to the community out there. How can we connect with them? And how can we show them this God? And part of us just wants God to come down in a pillow of fire. I'll tell you where I'm at. I told God, I, you know, I'm, I've never been afraid of the spiritual gifts. I have prayed for a bunch of them. But man, it's, I think it's good time ready for us to be able to like see like fire fall from heaven and incinerate some bad guys turn some water into wine, heal the sick, raise the dead, because this world is numb to the good news of Jesus Christ. And I can tell them, and they can see my life change, but I'm telling you, I don't know why God gave the disciples the power to do the miracles and wonders, but he did. And I don't, I don't know. I don't want to tell God what to do. I just want to reach these people before it's too late. And they're numb. Their doors have been knocked on. They've been called. They've got mailers. And 90% of them have been to church, been hurt, and left. Wisdom to not increase the ministry and the daycare. Wisdom to know. But, but I guess as we have this conversation this morning to talk about asking for his provision. I want us just to remember this, that his presence is more important than his provision. And our purification, right, is more important. This is kind of our mantra as we move through this. We realize before we ask for his provision, we needed to, to get very clear on that his presence is, was more important than us asking. But I know about you, but I've been in his presence and it's been awesome. Then I have spent a week on my face praying that you and I would be purified by him. Even if we don't have sin, that he would purify us, that he would make us cleaner, get us closer, fill us with his spirit, get us ready to go. Like I want to speak over you this scripture that, that just is buried in my heart. Prepare yourselves for the Lord your God will do great things among you tomorrow. I don't know how he's going to use our small but strong church. Maybe we will be the people who pray in the bushes while other people win people to Christ. I'm okay with that. Are you good? Maybe we'll be on the front lines. I don't know. But I do know this. I sense that the Lord wants to do something. That his eyes are looking to and fro across the earth who will, who will step up and, and, 
as inadequate maybe as we feel like we are, not because of our size, but I mean just because we're human, we're humble, how can you be in his presence and not know? That we want to be used. So, as we head off to provision, I need to share with you four things that God just shared with me. He shared this, these with me throughout my life. They so apply here because we need to prepare ourselves and make sure that as we ask for his presence and his provision, whoop, here. Does that make sense? Is there something I need to do to fix this mic? Because I really would need this video to be useful for these guys. Is that better? Okay, so one, we need to know that what we need is a need. We need, we need to know what is a need. Okay, so let me just explain that. You all, we often think that we know what we need because our, our brains, as great as God created them, even though limited, he's given us the ability to plan and think, right? The guys running sounds are trying to figure out what's wrong with this mic. They think they know what they need, but if they run into a dead end, God could have a whole other thing going on, right? I know that sounds really crazy practical, but we often pray for things with God, send me a woman, right, when we're single. Send me a woman, and, and okay, but maybe it's not the time. Maybe he knows you're going to be a cruddy husband. Maybe he knows you need to grow up. But we think it's a need, but the question, is it a need? Is, it, is that really a need? God, give me a promotion. How many times have people prayed that and then been drug off away from the Lord because of the workload? And you say, what, the Israelites did this, right? They prayed, give us a king, give us a king, give us a king. God said, you don't need a king. You need me. Let me rule you. But everybody else has a king and we can't get this stuff done. We need somebody to be the CEO. And God said, if you get a CEO, he's going to wear you out. No, give us a king. So he finally gave him a king, and then the whole nation fell apart. We often think we know. We think we know what the plan is, what we need. Then other times we just don't even know what we need. Right? That's kind of where we're at in a lot of things, right? Like, uh, do we need money? <laughs> do, we, we, do we need money? Do we need people? What, what do we do? how to reach them out there. We totally, we don't even know what we need except we need you to show us what we need or, 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 or light us on fire. Like I'll just wander around glowing, burning flame. They're like, cool, that's a cool trick. And I'm like, yeah, it's a little uncomfortable when to go to bed at night. But uh, I just want to tell you, the Lord your God is present among you. You know, maybe they'll get saved. Why do, what do we need? But even if we think we know what we need, we might want to stop and ask God, is it, a need. How many people in this room have asked God for something and got it and you wish you hadn't? How many of you have asked God for something, he gave you something else and you were thankful? So we, we just don't know everything. So as we head off this week to ask him for provision, how about we just be really, really, really honest? I'm going to get you to jump forward and back, change it up. I want to read the scripture to you, Proverbs 19, 21. This is what it says. Many are the plans in the mind of man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. We need to be checking out and making sure that we're on the right plan, 
that we really need the next thing we need. And maybe we just be open to saying, I don't know what I need. I'm going to do the next thing you put in front of me. This is, this is it. I'm supposed to start a business slash ministry for differently abled adults. I need five people to pay the bills, God. But if you give me three, then I'm just going to trust you because I know you told me to do this. But do you want to pray for 10? Maybe he doesn't want you to have 10. Maybe you don't have 1,000. What do you need? Like, like we just may need to ask some of these questions because if we don't get his plan, our plan could fail. All right, two, going back. We need to be sure that he hasn't already provided what we need. This, <laughs> it drives me nuts. It drives me nuts. When, when, do, you, do you realize this is a church thing? I'm not talking about you individually. So if, if this hurts, I'm sorry. But, what, but, but the point is, is if we want to be a church that can get on our face and ask God for finances, maybe to get somebody else to help do some of the teaching here, or finances to help get a little bit of help with SD to take a load off. If we want to do that, we need to make sure he hasn't already provided that. Because it's really embarrassing when you go to God. Have you done this personally? Oh, God, help me with my debt. Help me pay off this. Help me. I need money to eat. And he's like, I already gave you money. You wasted it. Go hungry. I am tired, tired of asking. Like, I don't want us to go before the throne and ask God to supply the resources to get this stuff. Clearly, is everybody still good? We think we're supposed to be doing, I think, we're convinced by God that we're to be doing daycare, differently abled, sustainable discipleship, and this community. Is everybody still on board with that? Okay, so we cannot go. If It looks like we need more resources, people. So that's free people or paid people, whatever. But let's just say, God, we're, we're to go before you and ask you to fund some of this stuff. How dare we if he's already given us the resources? How, how dare we? I mean, it's like if you're here or you're listening and you're not being obedient to God and what? Tithing? 10% of your gross? If you're not doing that, will God answer our prayer? I hope so. And he'll just fix you. But if we want to be a body of Christ and go boldly before the throne and say, God, we need resources, then we all need to have bellied up to the bar of obedience, to have been thankful with our money to God, gracious to give him 10%, no questions asked, right off the top, gross, because that's what he said. And then, by the way, if he gave us more money and we got extra, we better be willing to surrender that to him as well because it is all his and people are dying. I'm not saying we should do that to buy me a Rolls Royce because I don't want one. But even if I did, that would be stupid. What we're talking about here is it doesn't matter whether we need finances or not if we're not obedient with the tithe. And you know the people who are most disobedient with the tithe? It's the people who've been given much. I am so tired of giving people a break, giving them a discount, 
only to watch them not tithe. But I can't. It's not my job. I don't have to micromanage that. But what I can say to us as a church near and far, we need to get this stuff together. That's part of that whole purity before presence, before provision. We cannot ask him. But this isn't just a money thing. I'm not trying to raise money. We need people too. And like, but I don't stand. I'm busy. I got a job. I got one too. Somebody said to me this morning, you don't understand though. They work really hard and they serve the church and they clean a lot. And I said, I clean a lot too. And I was alone this morning and I needed help. Don't tell me their sob story. I got my own. We, we got to lay our calendars on the altar. We want his plans. Our plans get laid down. We want his provision. Our money, our calendars, our time, our talent, our treasures get laid before him. That's not popular. I mean, it's going to shrink the church. I don't know. All I'm saying is, if we, if we number one, we need to know that we're asking for his real need. And by the way, if we get it wrong, going and chasing after him, he's going to be gracious. But we should at least check. We don't have to do, let's ask him. But we need to make sure he hasn't already given us. Like, how about asking for wisdom? Lord, I, I need you to show me whether I should take this job or not. Lord Jesus, provide for me. Give me the answer. And God's like, I already wrote it down in the book. This job's going to make you work Sundays, the day that you're supposed to worship and be part of the body of Christ. And Hebrews chapter 11, I think it is, said, you shall not forsake assembling yourselves together because you are the body of Christ and there's power in a special way in you when you're gathered together. Dummy! Oh, God, I need to know. I need to know, God. I need to know. You don't understand, God. I'm broke. I'm, bro I'm broke, God. I need the wisdom on how to pay my bills. And he's like, Doug just took a big risk and told you, tithe. You'll never meet somebody who's broke who gives back to God because God honors obedience. Amen. Forget giving to the church. Forget giving to meet needs. I'm just saying for yourself. God's economy is this. It's all mine. Remember that. <laughs> the Lord giveth, says Job, and the Lord taketh away. So we need to make sure that we don't already have the wisdom, the whatever. All right, three. We, we need to be faithful with what he's already provided. Like there's just no question that we need to be faithful. Like, listen, I'm telling you, if he's given you a talent and you've not using it for him, if he needs it, you get it? It's like, it's like, are we being faithful? So we need wisdom. Have we been obeying? Does that make sense? Have we been obeying? Let me give you a great example of whether or not we have been faithful. There's, not we, but just we as humans. In James 4, 2 to 3, it says this. You do not have what you want because you do not ask God. And even when you, really listen, even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. Here, here's the point. 
if we haven't been faithful with the wisdom and the direction and all God's given us, and if our motives are wrong, we can ask till we're blue in the face. We can ask him to provide. We can ask him to do miracles. We can ask God, right, for anything. If we haven't been faithful with what he's already given us, whether it's time, talents, or treasure, wisdom, the book, whatever it is, our wives, our husbands, our children, if we haven't been faithful with those things, our prayers can not get answered. I don't know how to say that. You can, oh, so they can't know. Our prayers, it is possible for God to refuse to answer them. Do you see how presence and purity really need to come before provision? You're like, but you're just pounding on this presence. I'm not anything. I'm just sharing you what the Lord shared with me. If we're going to go before the throne, we need to make sure it's really a need, right? We need to make sure that we are, he hadn't already provided and we're hiding it, holding it, or not learning it. And we need to what? Make sure that we've been faithful. We need to repent if we haven't and be faithful going on with everything that he has given us, which means he's given us this ability to ask for whatever we need. And if we're asking and not receiving because we have what? The wrong motive? What is, what is the motive? And we're kind of back to what do I need, right, God? Do, do we want the church to grow because we want the chairs full? Not really a great motive. I mean, it's fun to have a bigger body of Christ sometimes. Maybe, maybe the motive should be, they're going to hell like this is killing me. Now light me on fire. But, but, but we need it, like, it's all of this. It's, it's all of this. Like, you can walk and breathe and talk. You can too. Yet all we do is, nah, nah. Maybe we need to get off our freaking butts and use what he's given us for him. And maybe he'll light a fire. That's what happened to me this week. That's what happened to me last week. I'm not some super holy person. I, you go read on the internet. I put all my confession out there, how I'm just amazed at this time and it makes me feel this big because I should have done this months ago. Thank God, whatever, his timing. You're not alone but if you don't invest in him, if you don't buy in, if you don't get your head out of your patukas, Matthew 6.33 says this. If we seek his presence, this is, this is the key. If we seek his presence, if we purify ourselves, he has promised to provide. It reads this way. Seek the kingdom of God above all else first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, same verse. Seek the kingdom of God, God above all else. What's that? Seek his, say it with me, presence. I never noticed this. Like I just forgotten and never noticed it. Did you guys get this? But there's a caveat that says what? Live righteously. Well, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things be added unto you. What do we do? Just leave this out? No, seek ye first the kingdom of God and live righteously. Presence plus purity. And he will add all these things unto you. I know he's an unconditional God and sometimes he blesses us when we don't deserve it or ask. But we're getting ready to go into a week of asking. Let's not forget. 
His presence is the most important thing. Our purity is more important than his provision. And then we can go boldly before the throne and claim this promise. Because in his presence and in his purity, our motives will be the right motives. Our plan will be the plan he has. I mean, I could, and we know this works, right? This is history. How about, I'll just remind you of you. Jesus feeding the 3,000 and the 5,000. Like, they all show up. It's a good preaching message. Everything's going great. They're like, we're hungry. And they're hearing the word of God. He's telling them to be saved, and all they're worried about is their belly. So Jesus is like, that's okay. And so they just miraculously feed with just a little basket of food, you know, 3,000, 5,000. So I, it seems to me that when there's actually a need, even for grumbly people, when there's actually a need, God can what? Provide. Say Provide. Okay, how about this one? I can remind you of the healing that God did through Elisha. When that secular leader came to him and said, I hear you're a man of God. I need what? Healing. And he goes, go dip yourself in the creek or river. Seven times. Like, who comes up with this stuff? So the guy goes out, he dips himself. And then guess what? He's what? Healed. So even for the lost, as a testimony of the glory of God, God can provide. Try it again. God can provide. All right. I could remind you of Jesus raising people from the dead out of compassion and empathy. God can provide. I could remind you of Moses. God tells him to build the, the, the tabernacle, the mobile temple. It, it was the first mobile church. It's incredible. And and he gave them all these specifications, and Moses looks at people and says, this is what we need. I mean, I get it. Sometimes it's boring, but there is a detail, this many pounds of this and this, and he gives it to the people, and then Moses has to tell them, counterintuitive to every church offering, Moses has to say what? Stop bringing stuff. We have nowhere to keep it. Our Lord can. I could remind you of Solomon. How when he was given the opportunity to ask for anything, he asked for wisdom, and the Lord provided not only wisdom in spiritual matters, but in botany, biology, science, mathematics, physics. People came from far and wide to sit at his feet, and then they funded the growth of God's kingdom. God can... I mean, is that not cool? How about I remind you of this? Nehemiah, enslaved as a cupbearer to the king whose heart's broken for Ackworth, I mean, for his community. And he said, God, they're all alone. Somebody's got to do something. And God didn't give him an answer. But he was so brokenhearted, the king looked at him and said, what's your deal? And he's like, I'm brokenhearted for my people at Ackworth. None of them any longer see God. And the king says, no problem, go back, build the city. I'll fund the work. Nehemiah, and we know, God can what? Provide. How about Zerubbabel? 17 years to lay the foundation. Everybody's making fun of him. And God steps on the scene, and God says, what? You people better back up. 
It may take 17 years to get done with you people, but I promise you, what I start, I will finish, and Zerubbabel will be a success. And Zerubbabel was a success because God, even in captivity, even in war, can what? Provide. I could go on and I could go on and I could go on. But in the midst of all of that, we need to be clear that we're following him. And I think we are. In the things that he's doing around us, I think he's invited us. But we need to remember that we need to be clear that what we think we need is what we need. Check in with the Father. We need to make sure that he hadn't already given it to us. That we're being gracious and generous with everything that he has given us. That we be faithful. I let people pray all the time. God, I just pray you'd help heal all my emotional problems. And I'm like, maybe if you'd focus on your kids' emotional problems, you'd get your head out of your batubas. You wouldn't have time to be thinking about how bad your life is while you make a bunch of money, drive cars, and sleep in a first world country with hot water. Oh, so bad. You don't understand the stress I'm under. Yes, I do. I'll take your stress. I'll trump it by three. And I'm still in one piece. Thank God to this church, good friends, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We need to make sure we check things. But we need to remember that we have to have faith. We have to have the kind of faith that says, God, I lost these two screws on a mission trip. They're out in a field full of sawdust that's 20 feet high. If we don't get those two screws, we can't finish making these benches. We're going to dive in. And 30 seconds later, they find both screws in different parts of the pile like that. We need to have the faith that God can move mountains. We need to have the faith and remember all these great heroes we just shouted about. And we need to believe and know that he can provide for us. We need to stop poor mouthing. I'm just tired of that. Get a job. Get two jobs. Ask the Lord to bless you. Hey, you know, if you're having financial problems, the first thing you ought to do is give God the first 10%. Malachi says, test him. You're like, you're talking a lot about money. No, I'm talking about time, talent, treasure, all of it. We need direction. We need wisdom. We need him to provide, which means we, the church, the church here at Three Taverns, need to what? We need to set it straight. We need to get involved, and we need to pound that throne. I want to be able to go boldly before him and know you know, like, this has been hard for me. Like, I basically have two or three jobs right now. Y'all clear on that, right? So I'm on the road all the time, and I'm teaching here. Some really wise leaders of mine and counselors who are like, we need to move you. Don't, this is not a term that's used to us, but, and if, if you are used to this, don't turn it into something. But to, we need to, like, move you to, like, being, like, a apostle kind of. We need, get, we need to get you out of the day-to-day -day mix. And I'm like, but I like leading. I, I like my church. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But the question is, if God said, for now you're going to be the voice at sustainable discipleship, would I be willing? That's, get it? This ain't just about money. This is about everything. This is, if you're familiar with the discipleship pathway, this is 14, which is go send. It means you're willing. This is consecration with separation. It means I lay my life down 
for you. We, this is everything. And you're like, well, maybe we shouldn't ask. It sounds like we're bad people. No, I hope you're all tithing. I hope you're all using your stuff. If you're not, fix it, because you're part of the church. And we're only as strong as the weakest link. And when we go to prayer, we're only as strong as the weakest link. Well, well how do I catch up on tithes? Well, according to God, you write a check. And you add 20%. There's a penalty, a biblical penalty for not tithing. That is so funny. I don't care what you do, but get it straight. But I'll do it next month. You don't understand. Yes, I do. I watch you carry in McDonald's bags. Just give that to him. We are not poor people. We have time. We control our time. We control our calendars. We control the wisdom. We got to get this straight because we want to come before God. But please don't forget this. Please don't forget this. It is possible for us to go on this journey asking for provision and for us to not get an answer. James tells us this. It's an incredible promise with a catch. Don't you love that? Incredible promise, always a catch. Here it is. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach. It means he never gets tired. God, why is the sky blue? Because refraction. God, why is the sky blue? Because refraction. God, like, you know, we are ready to kill our toddlers. He doesn't get that way. You can ask God. He never gets tired of you. God will give generously to all, anyone, without reproach, and it will be, what? Given to him. There's the promise. We need wisdom. We need direction. We need a direction on how to pray. Should we pray for stuff? Should we pray for people? Should we, we're trying to organize this place to make it easier. Yes, guys. Help, help, help. So, so like, it's just like we need wisdom just on how to start praying for provision this week. We know some things we think we should pray for, but well, you get it? So what's the promise? Do, do, you, do you need wisdom? I do. Do we as a church need direction right now? And the answer is, yeah. yeah. So we can go to God. He'll never get tired of us, and he will give us an answer but let him ask in faith without doubting the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea driven tossed by the wind the person must not suppose that he'll even get anything okay what is this have you ever had a friend come to you have you ever had a friend come to you and ask you advice and you knew that the moment you gave them this great biblical advice or whatever kind of advice they were not going to follow it anybody want in on that you done with those people? <laughs> like, there needs to be a special place between heaven and hell. They just have to stay there for, and they have to listen to their own advice just for a while. Because <laughs> such a waste of time. I just, nobody will tell me what to do. I will. Start, go write a check. Fix your crap. Go, go walk with God. Stop sleeping with that girl. Whatever it is. And then they just do their own thing. That's what this is. So if we go to God like that and say, give us wisdom, and this week he says, Doug, We'll stop teaching. We have to be prepared to say, yes, and, yes, and, see, we, and that is him providing. If he says, we shut down sustainable discipleship, it seems illogical since, but we have to say what? Yes. You get it? We have to be willing to do whatever he says. If we, if we go this week asking and we're not ready 
to jump in all in over our head, it's just not that we're just not even going to get an answer. See, God's beyond us. Those people come to us and they're like, oh, Greg, what do you want to do? And Greg's like, they're never going to listen to me. They never do before. But he goes on, he gives them advice. God has stopped that. He said that, <clears throat> Dwayne, if you're not going to listen to me and your church, Three Taverns, is not going to listen to me, I'm just not even going to answer. Have you ever wondered why your prayers didn't get answered? Could it be we have the wrong motives? Could it be what? That we're not going to do it. So as we go boldly for the throne, I want to claim this promise to you that God will tell us what to do. You want to claim that promise? Yes. Okay, then we have to be committed as a church this week whatever he starts answering from this point forward, that we will do. You good with that? Okay. If you're good with that, then we can claim this promise. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. That means he will give us the wisdom that we need, that means he'll give us the provisions that we need. He may even give us things we don't know that we need that we need. If we do the thing that we know is right in front of us and stay open to what he wants us to do. Something's got to change. We know that. Either he's got to empower us to be superheroes or he's got to, he's got to spread the work out or <clears throat> give us a mule. Or, or, you know, what? And that's okay, we don't have to know. As long as we sit in his presence and we're striving for purity, we have pure hearts. We're not always going to be perfect, but our hearts are pure. In other words, the moment he convicts us, we're going to change. You get it, right? I want to claim these promises this week. This is, you know, a lot of people on Facebook, oh, it's so cute that you guys are doing that. This is not cute to me. This is, I'm desperate. I hope you're desperate. I'm just freaking desperate. I don't want to lead this congregation in the wrong way. Greg, Elder, do you want to? Keith. Tim. Staff, Jamie, you want to lead them wrong? Katie. No. She's in with the kids. Just answer for her. Sylvia, on behalf of the daycare, you want to do this wrong? Let's not do it on our own. Let's go back to that first scripture where we say to God, if you don't go with us personally, please, dear God, don't make us go. And to our second week scripture, a key scripture, which is created in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. We want the inverse of that. And then lean into this scripture, which is seek the kingdom of God first. And live righteously and all these things to be added. I want to do whatever he has us do, whether we're small, big, whether he uses us to reach tens of thousands or two, whether we all, he casts us out and he scatters us abroad into a bunch of churches and we infect them with discipleship and, and differently needs and daycare. And then you have, I don't care, whatever he does, if, 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 I want to do it with him. I want to do it right I'm desperate. This is not a game. And I think you know that. So out there, here, who wants him? Who wants to pound the throne, chase the Father this week, and ask him to provide all that we need? Anybody?
then let's pray. Father, echoing the words, echoing the words, Father, of the psalmist, echoing the words of the prophet, echoing Joshua's words. Prepare yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do a great work among you. Echoing Jesus' words, these things and greater shall you do. We don't care if they're teeny. We want them to be great. God-sized, God-led things. You've invited us to some things, and if you ever want us to stop them, just tell us. We will. This week, we commit ourselves for our future to seek your presence, your kingdom, and purity. trusting you to provide. Father, we want to be a part of your work and we want to see the lost saved. It's just killing us. We want to be able to help people with this discipleship thing. If, that's, if this is the path that you want us to keep going on it, then, then we need capacity, bandwidth, or maybe we need a change of plan and we're, we're good at it. Maybe we just need to tell everybody they have to come here. I don't know. Show us this. Provide the wisdom, provide the resources to do the things you've called us to do and, and the, for the daycare as well. Provide the teacher, the floater that we need. Those are just like immediate needs. And if you know for some reason we don't need that, then don't. But Father, protect us. You know, provision is not just about money and wisdom and power and strength and all those things that you do offer and that we do need in our personal lives. But today we pray corporately. But it's also provide us protection and, and provide us strength and provide us Rest if we obey your Sabbath. <laughs> Provide us, Father. If you aren't going to do this, we don't want to do it. And we want it to be done in a God-sized way. And you've been doing that all around us for years. So um, we know that. With the grants that you've just dropped out of the sky and the provision and the, the discipleship and the everything you have just you have just you are, have already so overwhelmed us. We want to do this right, and we don't know what to do. Expand our borders, our bandwidth, and any resources that we need. And this week, God, would you <clears throat> cast us not away from your presence? Like meet with us every time we come to meet with you, and let us just sit in your presence and hear your words in the spirit of James, that we would hear them and obey them immediately. If your challenge and your wisdom is greater than it causes fear in us this week, Father, um, forgive us ahead of time. Help us work through that because we're going to follow you. Amen. So our God what? Provide. Our God what? Are hey, you going to be in heaven one day and angels going to stand up next to you and you say, our God and it provides. And he's going to like, trap door, bye-bye. <laughs> Y'all need to get your praise on. You get your stuff together. I love you. I really hope you have a great week. Listen, before you go, Tuesday through um, Thursday, the staff is going along with uh, Tim, Bobby Joe, who you don't, may not think of full-time staff, they're going. 
where you're going to be um, sharing with thousands of people the message of sustainable discipleship at a conference, pray you go ahead of us. Like, we aren't speaking this time, but we've come up with some gamification and stuff to try to, like, we just want to have a thousand conversations. Of course, it seems really idiotic because we already told you we can't follow up on all the phone calls we're getting. But we're going to keep spreading the word, trusting God will show us what to do. Um, be praying. Um, I think Sylvia's like leading the daycare this week. Yay! So pray for her protection and wisdom. And pray that God will just send us a teacher. I don't know if she's working on that, but when Kinder gets back, let's have like 10 applications of people who are so awesome. We'd fire Sylvia to get them. No, we won't. But, you know, but that's the kind of candidate we want, right? So pray for those practical things we got this week because he's already told us to do these things, which means like Zerubbabel, he will finish them, right? It's just all the new stuff and the bandwidth. I hope I get to see you at 6, 12 or 6. If you don't, I know you're praying from where you're at. I love you. Um, I'm so thankful I get to go to church here. I told some friends this last night that I'm just super thankful for you as friends. And um, yeah, that means the world. And as my closing note, if you got a problem, not asking for what you need, being selfish, having the wrong motives, not doing with God's stuff what you're supposed to do, not using his wisdom, could you please fix it? Because I really want to move forward. I really do. And if that takes you a couple of times, God's going to have grace. But if you're already in and you're mature enough and you know better, come to the altar, fix your crap. That's where we all find freedom. It's not just you. And I'll fix mine. That's my commitment. Greg, will you fix your crap? Keith, will you fix your crap? Tim, will you fix your crap? Okay, you get it? We're not going to ask you to go anywhere we won't go. Dwayne, will you fix your crap? Yes, sir. You can? No, I'm kidding. I love you. Have a blessed Sunday.